share uh, briefly. I don't think I'm going to get through with this, but uh, I'm going to share briefly uh, uh, by the grace of God what grace is. What grace is. Thanks, Tommy. Tommy wants to stay back here with me and preach. I appreciate that. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your word tonight. The entrance into your word gives light. And you told us, Jesus, that the words that you speak, they are spirit and they are life. We need the spirit of the word tonight. And we need that life that your word contains. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to speak on grace tonight, which is something that we talk a lot about as Christians. The grace of God. The grace of God. And let me share a scripture with you uh, from uh, from, uh, New Testament, from Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 10, it says, Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. He's talking about the salvation that you and I have experienced. Now, before Christ came, the prophets inquired about this, and they searched carefully. And they prophesied of the grace that will come to us as they searched the salvation or search salvation and they inquired from God and notice they searched carefully they wanted to understand what we will be experiencing in our time and they prophesied of the grace that would come to us it seems as if the prophets would they were focused on this thing called grace that is going to come to us. Question is, have you searched or inquired carefully about this grace that the prophets are about? Do you understand the grace of God? What is it? You know, many times we the, the common definition of grace that I hear and you've heard is grace is God's unmerited favor. I mean, you've heard that. All of us have done that. It's God's unmerited favor. That's favor given to us for what then? What does this favor do for us? Favor so you can be just let go and you can go to heaven. If it's favor... What is it doing in my life? Have you asked yourself the question? God's unmerited favor on my life. Favor from God. What is he doing? Does he have a work in my life? Or God just says, okay, you find favor on my side, I just let you go. Where? What is he doing for us? Now, what I want to let you know tonight is... Grace is love in action. God's love in action. It's unmerited favor, all right, but truly, as you search the scriptures, you'll begin to find that grace is God's love in action. 
working in us. God has this great desire. He is working in us. To do a great work in us. Making us more like his son. Victorious. Fearless. Loaded with abilities. Many times as you read in the New Testament, if you've read it before, you heard the stories, it's no big deal to you. But if you read them for the first time, going through the New Testament, and you read about the life of Jesus, you see such sureness about this man. And you read as the, his enemies try to trap him with, with questions. You read about those? Now, if you read it, you know the answers. It's no big deal to you because you know what he'll say. But if you've never heard it, you read him for the first time, and you see them asking him a real trick question, and you're wondering, what is he going to say? There is no way to go. If he says this, this, something bad will happen. If he says something else, something bad will happen. And then, all of a sudden, he comes up with an answer, and everybody is speechless. Those answers really get into me. Those are his abilities that he brought from heaven to us. Let me read these scriptures for you. Making, it, making us just like him. John chapter 1. Verse 16 and 17. It says, And of his fullness, of Jesus' fullness, we have received grace for grace. Abilities for ability. One ability to another ability. From his fullness, we have received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. The law didn't do what God intended it to do for us. The law couldn't do it. God had something great that he wanted to deliver to us, something to work in us. Because after the fall of man, we lost all the abilities to truly be like God on the earth. God had to drive man from the, from the garden. He was supposed to have eternal life. He was supposed to rule. He lost everything. And the law could not bring that to us. But Jesus, out of his fullness, we received grace for grace. So he's talking more about his abilities, the restoration that brings us back to where God originally intended for us to be. Of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace always goes with truth. Grace will always go with truth. You can't have grace without truth. They go together. But let me read from the New uh, Century Version. Because he was full of grace and truth. What was he full of? Grace and truth. From him we've all received one gift after another. Abilities. Because he was so full of grace and truth. The grace 
of God provides you with gifts. And the gifts stay with you through life. The gifts transform your life. The gift gives you the new creation. His free gift that's changed our lives totally. We received from Him. And what God is doing is trying to form Himself inside of us. To replicate Himself. Amen? To replicate Himself. I just pray that God will give me and you understanding. Because the spirit world, they understand it. They know what's going on. With Peter, they knew. This was somebody different. Sometimes we read about somebody like Peter. And we read about Paul. And we forget that they were just human. Just like us. We assume that they must have greater faith than we have. Well, they saw Jesus. You didn't see him, right? They don't. They understood the message of grace. Amen? Of his fullness. This scripture is not given, but I, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. He's at work in us to replicate himself. So that when the, the world will know and give him glory. The world will see you and recognize Jesus came. They cannot see Jesus, but they can see Jesus in you. The demons will recognize Jesus is in you. And he's at work from grace to grace, giving you abilities, changing your life. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. When you're created, you grow. We're created in Christ Jesus. Are we there? Ephesians chapter chapter 1, verse, let me go uh, to verse 22, okay? And he put all things on, under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to, well, to who? The church, which is his body, the fullness of him. Who fills all in all? Again, we're dealing with fullness. Of his fullness, have we received grace for grace. Ability after ability, he gives that to us. And he's working himself in us. We are his body. We are the fruit producing part of the Godhead. If you will have it. Amen. I am the vine, right? And you are the branches. The branches produce fruit. Amen? We are the fruit producing part of Him. We are one with Him. The grace of God is working in us, His very person. So when the demonic world sees us, they recognize who you are. Is God's ability at work in your life and is constant. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Always there. So God is at work. Now, John chapter 17, verse 21 through 23. 
Jesus says that they all may be one. They all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. So how will the world believe that Jesus was sent? You. When we become one in him and with the Father. And look at verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given to them. That they may be one just as we are one. That they may be one just as we are one. God the Father, God the Son, one doesn't make you God, but you have to accept what the scripture says. He's the word of God. The way God is doing his stuff, he does everything through his word. The word is a living being. As you imbibe the word and you receive the word, no question, you don't have to understand it. With your mind, you accept it. God begins to do his work in you to make you just like his son. And the glory which you gave me, I have given to them. Not going to, I have given the glory to them. That they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. Why is he in you? He is in you to express himself through you. That's the grace of God in us. To make us just like the Father. To make us just like Jesus. Fearless. In the face of trouble. Not moved by difficulties. If you are in the world, you suffer, you go through a lot of difficulties. But the grace of God is always there. To give you whatever ability that you need to overcome the problems. To calm you down and give you that assurance in you. Just like Jesus. He is with us. His grace is with us. That they may be one. Jesus in you. And God the Father in Jesus inside of you. Doing a great work. Expressing themselves through you. Let me give you this tonight. No spirit can do much in this, in this world that we are in. Without a man cooperating with the spirit. Jesus, God couldn't save the world. He needed a man. He has to walk through us. We live on this earth. The spirits can express themselves here in this world. Demonic forces cannot express themselves in their full extent, the way they would really like to express themselves, unless they can find a human being to walk through. God himself needs us. That's only the, the, if God has any need, that's the only need he has. He needs you. You're the, you're the only thing that he doesn't have. He has everything. 
He can't do much on this earth without you. He cannot do much on this earth without a man. So when you open the door, he comes in. The major problem with us is we are sometimes afraid, subconsciously afraid. What is he going to do with me if I let him have all of me? How far will he take me? We want it, but we don't really want it. We want it, but we're a little afraid. We want it, but we are unsure if God really meant what he said. He will take over your life. And he wants you to have, he wants to have all of you. And if we can some way give him all of ourselves and refuse to be afraid of what the circumstances and what men will think and feel, that's usually our fear, God will take over and make something out of us. He needs us. That's the only thing that he doesn't have, us, to work with. But let's talk about some things that grace has brought to us. Grace brought justification in Romans chapter 3, verse 24. The Bible tells us, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justified meaning just as if you never did anything wrong. It's just like you were just born. You haven't done a thing wrong. The justification by grace continues with your life as long as you are staying with Jesus. No matter what you do, if it's wrong, the Holy Spirit will convict you, not condemn you. He'll convict you and every time you go back to the Father, He restores you back to where you were before, justified as if, justified as if it never happened. It's when we become sin conscious, we forget grace. When you keep thinking, I'm going to be wrong, I'm going to do something wrong, I don't know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, I'm going to do... Once you stay sin conscious, you will always stay on the other side of grace and will not make a headway with God. But we are justified freely, we are made righteous freely by grace. Grace justifies us. For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Grace is free gift from God. The faith that comes, we're going to talk about the access to grace. But grace is what leads you to true faith. And grace works with the word of God. You want to multiply grace in your life? Multiply the word in your spirit. You have more abilities. Grace. Follow emotions and feelings. You won't have much of abilities. To and fro. Tossed to and fro. Never sure of anything. Fearful. Concerned. Anxious. And Satan knows he's got you. Because you don't understand grace. You don't understand grace. His working in us is through his word. The grace multiplied through the knowledge of the word of God inside of us. You can multiply the grace inside of you through the word of God. It's free gift 
from God, justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This came through Jesus. Grace eliminates the penalty of sin. Sin had penalty. You know, Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20 tells us the soul that sins shall die. The soul that sins shall die. And then if you read in Romans chapter 7 verse 14, it says the law, that's the law we're talking, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. If you're sold under sin, the law is spiritual. There is no way you can keep something when you're carnal. You are not a spiritual person. You can't keep the law. Even though the law was meant for good, you just, you are not up to the law. You're carnal. You're just a fleshly. But grace brought you up to be spiritual. You were born of the Spirit of God. And so you're free. And because of that, the penalty of sin is taken out of our lives. Romans 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. The soul that sins, he shall die. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the gift that Jesus brought. So it eliminates the penalty for sin. But more than that, more than that, and that's where I'm going tonight, more than that, more than just escaping the penalty of sin, God, I'm free now, I'm going to heaven. More than that, grace was given to us to work Christ, to make Christ a part of our life. And he wasn't a minister of sin. Alright? Jesus was not a minister of sin. The Bible says, if we continue to sin, Christ is not a minister of sin. The grace of God came into our lives with power. The righteousness we're talking about came into our lives with the power of God to be free from sin. And so grace eliminates the power of sin over your life. We have to accept that. You can't say, I can't help myself. That's not, that's not right for a Christian. If you have been born again, you cannot say that. If you say that, then you don't understand grace. You can't say it runs in the family. This is the way I am. This is the way I've always been. There's not going to be any change. Then you don't truly understand grace. Because the grace of God, when it comes into your life, it changes your being. Many of us remember when we were saved. I mean, you remember the first time you accepted Christ? I remember, I mean, somebody actually told me, every other person can be, remain a Christian. You, you're too wicked. You can't make it. I mean, that, they told me to my face. And guess what? I had no answer for them. I knew how bad I was. But I knew I'd accepted Christ. All of those words, instead of arguing with them, I go back to God. God, can you protect me? Please, I don't want to go back. Because they were sure my faith, my faith in God was not going to last for one year. It's not going, six months will be long for them. I think after a few years, they decided, well, we guess God called you. That's what they told me. God called you. That's why you were able to get rid of us. But the thing was the power of grace. You remember the first time you accepted Christ, right? 
And then after you accepted Christ, a lot of things just dropped out of your life. How many remember that? But then you got these little things that bug you through your Christian life. And you don't know how to get back to grace. Okay? And so you want to work at it. You want to work at it. You want to work at it. Oh, God, please help me work. Well, why don't you go back to the way you started and accept the grace of God? The way you started. He comes with the power of God. Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. I mean, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall, have domin- shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not control your life. Because you are not under the law. If you are under the law, then you are sold to sin. But as soon as you are delivered and you become a Christian, sin doesn't have power over your life anymore. He doesn't. Because of grace. You are now under grace. You can't say, I can't help myself. You can help yourself because you are under grace. So take it to grace that is already in your life. That's the true freedom that comes. You believe in the grace of God and you stay with the grace because it comes with power from the Lord. You know, please don't accept cheap grace. You know what cheap grace is? We are now believers, so God, no one is perfect. How many of you hear that? No one is perfect? I hear that a lot as a pastor. And they even tell me, you're not perfect. Yeah, that's true. No one is perfect. But the grace of God is in our lives. And the scriptures clearly says, sin shall not have dominion over you. You cannot continue to do things that are against grace. And still, be, and still expect that you are under grace. Uh, 2 verse 1. It says, You therefore be strong in the grace that is in Christ. What does you need? To be strong in the grace. Strong. Yes. Stay strong in the grace. Don't, don't go away from the grace. Stay in there. Let the grace of God take over your life. Don't make excuses. Stay with the grace. Once you make an excuse... You've given room for the enemy to work. And grace will not be at work in your life. You see, grace is constantly, that's why the Bible says, of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. We are constantly being transformed from glory to glory. You can't stay the same. You can't be the same way that you are next year. The way you are right now. You, if you're not growing, you're dying. The Bible tells us to grow in what? Grow in grace. Be strong in grace. 
Because grace is at work in your life. Stay strong in the grace of God. Don't make excuses. Don't say you're too busy. You got to search after grace. Just as they inquired in the Old Testament, the prophets inquired and searched carefully. How carefully have you been searching for grace? You're making excuses? Be strong in the grace. So whose responsibility is it to be strong? God's responsibility? Your responsibility. Many times we find somebody doing something and they have the grace of God in their lives and we just say, well, that's them, you know. And we just, we don't, we're not even challenged to, do, to, to seek God. We think there may be something special. That's why God gave that thing to them. And, and you just stay back and not really pursue after God's grace. Do not accept cheap grace. There's a lot going on now. This weekend or the other weekend, Mandela and I were out. There's a lot going on in the body of Christ today. It's, 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 it's frightening. People making excuses for all kinds of crazy behavior. And they believe they're going to heaven. They really believe that they're going to heaven. One of the stuff I read, this woman was in an adulterous situation with the pastor. But she says, because of the relationship, that's why my ministry is growing. And I'm preaching now and I'm going from place to place preaching. That's madness. And that's supposed to be the grace of God. You don't understand grace. Be strong. You therefore, my son, my daughter, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in that grace. And the grace actually teaches us. Did you know that grace teaches? Grace is a teacher. And when you receive teaching from grace, faith is born and faith brings you deliverance. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And we perfect no but be a good man a good woman okay a godly person you can't be acting crazy the world knows you know the world knows you're not godly because of the way you live they know you're not perfect but they can tell you're not godly right uh, let me go this uh, this scripture here i mean i'm not mad at anybody i'm just teaching okay Titus 2, verse 11 and 12. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation. What brings salvation is the grace of God. Salvation means to be free from poverty, from sickness, from sin, all of it. All of it. But this grace of God has appeared to all men. All men, would that be right? If the grace of God has appeared to all men, the whole world would be saved, right? No, he's talking about all Christians. Amen? All Christians have this. Oh boy. <laughs> all Christians have the grace. I said, oh boy, because that's what my phone does to me. I thought, oh, that was my phone. <laughs> okay. I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay. 
but the grace of God has appeared to every believer. You have it. It's appeared to you. It's part of your life now as a Christian. You have that grace of God. And what the grace is doing is, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. In what age? In this present age. The grace of God teaches. And he's teaching us. And he's empowering us. Yes, you have the ability to deny yourself. You have it. The grace of God is already there. It's appeared to you. You can actually deny yourself if you want to. That's what he's saying. For the Christian, if the grace has appeared to you, if you're doing it, it's just because you want to do it. Not be- Many times we say, the devil made me do it. Oh, that's a good one. The devil made me. The devil doesn't make us do anything that we don't want to do. Right, brothers, sisters? It doesn't. We got grace. We are not under the law anymore. So we must take responsibility for what we do. Now, we're coming later to what, where I'm really going because if you go this way, you are going to really miss out on God's goodness upon your life. Really. You can have things going well for you and all of a sudden... Because you have not understood, the rug will be pulled off under you and it's going to be hard to recover. Pray God you make it when you get up there. I really don't know all these things, but I really know that there's going to be a lot of people that profess Christ. They won't make it. They really will not. You, we have to be godly. People have to see this, this, this is a godly person. Where you work, they have to see that you are godly. I mean, you don't have to be quoting John 3.16 every day and quoting scriptures, but they know you fear God you know, by the way you act and by the things you say, the, way, the things you do, the things that interest you, where you go. They can see those things. You're not perfect, but you can be a good man. Now, you know the Bible actually says there is not, Romans 3, there is none righteous. No, not one. It says there's no good man. I have this track there. Good people don't go to heaven. There is no good man. No. No man is good. Is that not what it says in Romans 3? That's what it says. But you know, in Acts of the Apostles, the Bible actually calls... Barnabas, a good man. Have you read it? He was a good man. What? How come? He was perfect? Absolutely, we know better, right? But you can be a good man. God called Barnabas a good man. That's what he's wanting every one of us to be. Godly. Amen? Godly. Sober. Not living life lighthearted as if you don't realize you're living for God. Jesus can come any day. Maybe this should be on Sunday morning, right? <laughs> Jesus can come any day. And you're ready. Disciplined. 
we live righteously. Not perfect, but righteously. In this present age. That is so important. We are in the last days. I'm going to close with this. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. Verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Beginning from verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And we are really in the last days. For men will be lovers of themselves. I don't know what kind of men he's talking about. Christians or unbelievers, I don't know. But this letter wasn't written to unbelievers. It was written to Christians, right? I don't think unbelievers were supposed to read this. But it could be for them. But for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, Slanderers, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of God, traitors, headstrong, stubborn, so to speak, headstrong, hurry, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. So that tells me talking about Christians, having a form of godliness, but denying his power. And from such, people turn away. You have to choose your friends very carefully. It's very important. You know, we, 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 this, what I call uh, cheap grace, it doesn't matter. You know, you just be with, you choose your friends pop very carefully. You don't stay around people who are slanderous. You're going to become one of them. You don't stay around people who are gossiping a lot. You're going to become one of them. You stay around people who don't want to go to church on Sundays. Try to convince them. Before long, you won't be going yourself. Headstrong people, you want to stay away from them. Why? Because you miss out on the grace of God. We're coming to that later. You can truly miss out. And without the grace of God, you're nothing. We really need to be sober. And really watchful in these very last days. Know that everything that you're doing, you're doing because you're a Christian. Your work is secondary to who you are. You're a Christian. you got grace of God. So you live because you live for God. That must be primary. Live for God. Amen. I'm going to continue with this next time. I have a lot that I want to share. And, and the, the rest part of it is pretty good. <laughs> Not what we're talking about tonight. But we need to lay the foundation. It's really important that we know that you are a Christian. The grace of God is on your, in your life. And don't make excuses for things that are wrong. Don't do it. Don't just do it. It's better just to tell God, I have a problem. I have a problem. 
you, I know you can help me. You can help yourself. But if he already knows what you're going through, he knows your heart. But if you make an excuse for it, you are going to stay with that. And guess what? Less grace, guess what? That thing multiplies. It spreads into another area. Before long, people around you can't recognize you anymore. You have to recognize this. When Christians fall away from grace, their attitude's worse than the way they were before they got saved. Have you seen anyone like that? I have. This thing is spiritual. It's very powerful. We must stay close to the master. We must stay close to grace. We must be strong in grace constantly. Ask yourself this question tonight. Are you concerned about the grace of God in your life? Are you doing anything currently to stay strong in God's grace? Are you just assuming that he's going to be there always? What are you doing? It's not works. It's your heart desire. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you thirsty tonight? Are you satisfied as a Christian? Because you are a pastor, so you must be okay. You want more, or you just don't care anymore? Is it routine for you? I get bothered. That's just me. When I'm not, if it's okay, I'm okay. But there's something inside me that is not driving after God. I may not be saying anything to anybody, but I'm concerned. What's going on, God? Are we just going through a phase? You're going to help me because my heart needs to be there constant with you. I live for this thing. It's been 35 years for me. It's no game for me. This is serious business. I want to make it here and up there. It's got to be serious for you. There's time involved. You've got to search carefully. Inquire carefully of the grace so that the grace is revealed to you. We're coming to that. He will reveal his grace to all of one of us in Jesus' name. Please stand up with me tonight. Please, please, never get satisfied with where you are with God. Please, never. And don't compare yourself with other people. Don't compare yourself with other people. You see people who you think are doing better than you, so you get discouraged. You don't know them. So I don't forget them. Stay focused. Follow him with everything that you have. Even when he feels dry, stay after your God. Go after him. Rejoice in him and let him reveal himself to you. It's so important. This is not just to come to church. Let God walk his grace to your life and make you great. I've always held on to that scripture. Know when God's going to fulfill. When God calls you, he's promised, I will make you great. Did he say that? He will do it. And we need to believe that. Amen? No matter what's going on in your life, he can do it. He is the one that's going to do it. The difficulties are a step up. Amen? Let's talk to the Lord tonight and then talk to him and tell him, how much you want to be strong in His grace. The grace of God that brings salvation, that brings deliverance, that brings provision, that brings all the abilities, the gifts. 
Christ in us, the hope of glory, here in this world and in the world to come. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you praise. We honor your word. And we honor your name tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.